Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. I want you to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. 4, 4, Philippians. Uh, it's in the New Testament. Uh, a few months ago, I was... Um, <clears throat> during this time when I was stuck on the living room sofa due to my injury, and of course I'm feeling so much better, slowly but surely feeling better, and, and uh, my, my legs feeling gooder, gooder, better. And it's kind of neat because I set off the alarm in here the, uh, during the week last week, and, and I came to the back door. When the alarm goes off in this building, let me tell you, it's loud. It screams all over the neighborhood, and people jump up, and they don't know what's going on. They think, like, you know, a civil defense warning. I don't know, but it's so loud. <clears throat> well, I opened the back door, forgot to disarm, and came through came through here and and uh oh it's going rawr, rawr, rawr. and and I, I gotta run over there and disarm it and, and I took like three steps and I was so excited I thought I just did that and then I thought I just did that <laughs> and, then it, it, and I felt the pressure and the pain but I also I was also kind of proud of myself I stopped at that point and then gently walked over knowing that the world would not end because the alarm was sounding and I disarmed it and I stood there and thought I just took three little jog steps with my leg, and I was very, very proud of myself. And then I, thinking about that, the other day I was at the gym, and, and occasionally I have to do these therapy workouts because my, my muscles are still all messed up in this leg. And, and so uh, I, I occasionally see these, these older people. Um, I, I guess that's the best way to say it. They're, they're older people. They're older than me. And, and they, they're, they're like in the, the, uh, the big pool, and they're doing these little water exercises with this lady that screams and yells way too loud. And, and they play this 1970s music while they're doing it. And, and, and one of the things they do is they kind of like run in the water. And I'm like, oh, brother. But nobody was in there. I looked around. Nobody was in there. I thought, I'm going to try running in the water. And I did. It's like, I, I just did. I thought, ooh. I was like, there's impact, I can feel impact, but it doesn't hurt, and I was like, I did that for, for about a minute or so, and then I looked around, and I said, okay, I'm going to stop this right now, because I look like an idiot, but I, I, I'm getting better and better, but a few months ago, when I was stuck on my sofa, and doing my injury, I, I was listening to U2, which is one of my favorite artists, and I was listening to their 2014 album, uh, Songs of Innocence, which is really uh, primarily comprised of uh, songs about Bono's childhood, and and early teen years, really his teen years, up to about 20, 25. And there was one song on there, though, that, uh, that I could just feel some deep personal pain attached to it. And it's that song called Iris, Hold Me Close. Uh, and as I listened, I was, I was just thinking, you know, what is this, who is this Iris that, that Bono is singing about? Because everything has a meaning with what he does. And, and, uh, and I, could, I could tell that the, the lyrics were laced with intense childhood memories like uh, Iris standing in the hall. She tells me I can do it all. He says, Iris wakes to my nightmare and says, don't fear the world. It isn't there. And Iris said that I will be the death of her. But it was not me. So I thought, I'm going to look this up. And I discovered that Bono's mother she died when he was 14 years old, and it was a sudden and unexpected death. And it, it happened that she was at her father's funeral service, and young Bono was there with his mother. And Iris had been overtaken with grief, and she fainted in the service. She struck her head against the marble floor. 
she died a few days later. And Bono says that his mother's death was the most significant, life-altering event for him. He says it left, left a huge hole in his heart and that it eventually led him to relationship with Jesus Christ a few years later. And it was then that, that I, 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 after I was reading this, I immediately thought of my own dad, and I, I recalled dad telling stories about Edna. That was his mother, my grandmother. And she also died way too early. See, Grandma Edna was 36. My dad had just turned 15, and he was the oldest of 10 children. Dad, kind of like Bono, my dad was shaped by his mother's untimely death. I did a little bit of research and because I all of a sudden realized, hey, this, this has meaning and implication to me. And, and I discovered that psychologists say that the most traumatic of parental deaths is, that, that, that will actually leave the deepest wounds is when a mother of a young teenage son dies. It affects that young teenage son more significant than any other type of parental death. And, and it explained a lot. I, I felt like I was beginning to understand my own dad in a different light. And it, made, it made sense why dad always kept this old black and white photograph of his mother, Edna Woody, very close to him. It would be in his room or it would be in his office, in his study. So last fall while I was lying on the sofa, I asked Dad if he would do a favor for me, and, and I called and I requested that he would write out some of the memories of his mother. My dad's 83, a long way from that child of 15 years old. But his memories of his own mother are deep, and that day he talked to me for about an hour on the phone, and I began to hear my dad through a different filter. Dad still misses his mother. A couple of weeks later, a big manila envelope came in the mail, and I knew it had to be more of Dad's writings and from my, my mother had sent it. And, and I opened it up, and at the very top, it starts with this brief letter to the family. My three older brothers, my younger sister, myself. And he said, he said, I feel bad that none of you got to meet my mother and your grandmother. Does she know that I did accept Jesus and that he called me into ministry? Does she know he gave me a godly wife and five great children, grandchildren and even great-grandchildren? I wonder. That was the cover letter. And the memoir of his mother on the next page is, has a heading that, like this. It says, Home Without mother. And to be honest, uh, I mean, tears started flooding my eyes as soon as I read the title. And um, today, I want to take a few moments and read some excerpts of what my dad penned. See, because his memories of his own mother's brief life, he really desired that those memories live on in me, my brothers, and my sister. And if dad were preaching here today, a preacher who's ministered the gospel for almost 60 years, he would probably be saying these very words to you. 
But in this memoir, he says, Children, I'd like to share with you how empty our home was when Jesus called my mother to heaven. Growing up were the days coming out of the Great Depression. And my mother's life was very hard. We had no automobile, telephone, newspaper, radio, electricity, running water, inside bathroom, icebox, or even neighbors. Our typical evening dinner was cornbread and buttermilk, both made from scratch by my mother. Yes, we were very poor people, but we didn't know it. We just thought that's the way life was. I remember when I was very small, a big red rooster of ours used the spurs on his leg to attack my mother while she was hanging clothes out on the clothesline. I clearly recall the blood running down mom's leg. But when dad came home, he took out the 12-gauge and killed the rooster. <laughs> no animal was going to hurt my mother. That night, we had chicken and dumplings for dinner. <laughs> Dad had a lot to say, plenty to say about his life during the Great Depression, <laughs> about eating squirrel and rabbit and their annual hog that they would have and all the veggies from his mother's garden. But then the pain enters in. He says, I remember it so clearly. It was June 1948. Mother had just celebrated her 36th birthday, and two days prior, my mother had delivered her 10th child, a baby girl, Linda. A doctor came to our house to check on mother, and she had a high temperature. So he recommended that mother go to the hospital, so he sent an ambulance to pick her up. And I'll never forget the scene when the ambulance backed up to our front door. My dad and all the children were there. The scene that touched my heart was before they closed the back door of the ambulance, mother turned her head. <clears throat> she looked at her large family and gave us a faint smile, slightly waving her hand. And the door closed. Never again on this earth would I see my mother alive. He says, Dad went with my mother to the hospital and was told she had German measles. Then the next day, he was told she had pneumonia in both lungs. And these two problems plus giving birth was just too much. So Jesus put, her arms, put his arms around Edna and took mother to the father's house. He says, my father recalls that mother had some very important things to tell dad just hours before departing this life. Here are a few things that my brokenhearted father told me as she gasped for breath between every word. Jesus is calling me. I must go. I've seen my mother and she's waiting for me. Tell Wayne and Reva, Wayne's my dad, Reva was my dad's sister about a year and a half behind him. Tell Wayne and Reva to be sure their hearts are right with Jesus. And I will be looking for them at the gate. And he says, shortly after these words, she closed her eyes, took her final breath. And that quick, mother was in the presence of Jesus with those who have gone before. 
Three days into my mother's absence, after she had been taken in the ambulance from our humble country home, I'd wandered about a half mile down the road to a little country store. I needed some time alone, and I was wondering how my mother was doing. And I saw a car coming up the road, leaving a large cloud of dust behind it. As the car neared the store, it began to slow, and then the tires slid on the gravel. and The car came to an abrupt stop. Dad was a passenger in the car, since we did not own a car. He got out and ran to me, and Dad grabbed me and, and, and burst into a loud moan. I knew what had happened. Finally, he got the words out, Wayne, mother's gone. He told me to get in the car, and we rode back to the house, and now Dad had to tell all the other kids. He assembled all ten of us and said these words, Mother has gone to heaven. My dad wrote, the scene that follows will always be with me. The whole house was full of weeping. It was very loud. My, my sister, Reva, she said to me, sobbing, Wayne, what are we going to do? Reva was not yet 14, and I didn't have an answer for my sister. But at the funeral, it did become clear what we were going to do. We were going to just trust God. At the age of 15, with all my younger siblings and a very broken father, I couldn't understand how God could take care of me and all my brothers and sisters without a mother. She was the center of the activity in my home. Even though she had a very hard and busy life, she always found time to laugh and to joke and tease us kids. He says, I received. I recall seeing mother laugh so hard that tears would course down her cheeks. I've come to realize that her uncontrolled laughing could have simply been to release the tensions that she often carried from the insurmountable workload that she faced daily. And God's word does say a merry heart does good, like medicine. As the days and weeks and months went by after mother's death, I struggled deeply. And in my mind, I asked, God, why did you take my mother? I need her. My young brothers and sisters often cried to me, asking for mother. I often found my dad in a dark bedroom, sobbing. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I realized now my dad's pain was just more than he could handle. I also saw that it's very hard to put your trust in Jesus and just move on with life. It is so much easier said than done. And I had no one to talk to. Yet deep inside, I knew God would help with the pain I felt in my heart. I've never told anyone this, but I can't count the number of times I would slip away from the family and go out into the woods. And I would cry, and I would pray, until I was so weak I couldn't even hardly walk. I just wanted God to heal the hurt in my heart, but very slowly God did begin to heal this hurt. But even to this day, dad writing this at the age of 83, I still have a hard time understanding why God took my mother when she was so young. Yet, I know God makes no mistakes. Someday I'll understand why God permitted our hearts to be broken and our lives to be bruised. 
Thank God that much healing has come to the broken and bruised heart of mine. I'm looking forward to that day when, when I can again embrace my loving mother in my father's house. I know now that God had revealed to my mother that she would be leaving this earth. That year, a few weeks before Linda was born, I was in the house all alone with mother. And she said, Wayne, if Jesus should take me to heaven someday soon, will you promise me you'll help your father with the children and be a good boy? And Wayne, remember this, Jesus is always watching you. I went outside thinking, is mom going to die? But I would find that this would be the case a few weeks later. Around that time, she, brought, she bought three wall plaques. One said, what is home without a mother? The second said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And the third one, which I still have in my possession, and by the way, I've seen this. Never really realizing it. It was, it, was, it was his mother's. But he said, it said, my loving mother, she is gone. She asked us to follow on. So work for Jesus while you can. And then meet me over in the glory land. He said, Mother tacked these mottos on the wall, one over the door leading into the kitchen, and another going into the bedroom, and the other over the front door, because Mom knew the sun was setting on her earthly life. And let me say in closing, every family needs a virtuous woman to guide, love, and comfort them. And my mother was that. For Solomon said, her price is far above beauties rubies. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looks all to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Now I understand why Mother's Day was always a bit of a struggle for my dad. I remember sometimes my mom feeling a little bit distant from him on Mother's Day. My mom would sometimes be hurt. Truth is, he was always gracious to his wife, my mother. But now I know dad lived his entire life with an ache in his heart, which kind of makes sense of the opening line of Bono's song where he's talking about his mother and he says, the ache in my heart is such a part of who I am. Now, I know, guys, Mother's Day isn't easy for everyone for a lot of different reasons. But regardless, today we're going to make it something that you can take into your future. Today I even think about my own mother. And, and truth is, I was blessed, and I continue to be blessed by an amazing mother. But just like Edna, the grandmother that I never met, my mother would always keep our home full of joy and laughter. Mom always worked hard, and she always had a word of wisdom to instruct us kids. And a few weeks ago, I was reading Philippians chapter 4 as part of my devotional readings, and something jumped out at me, and I, I, I was reading through Philippians 4, and, 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 and as I heard the words of Paul, I began to think of my own mother. It sounded like something my mother would say, and, and I, I, just, I just stopped and, and, and took out a pen, and I outlined it very quickly, and I just outlined it in mom quotes. 
And today, real quick, I just want to share with you some mom quotes. Wisdom from mom. First one is be joyful. Philippians 4, 8. You can follow along. See, my mother would, <laughs> my mother would sing a song whenever I was grouchy. She would just sing it. She goes, smile a while and give your face a rest. I don't even know that song, but it was obviously for her generation. And, and in the mornings, mom would swing the door open in, in my bedroom and, and rapidly come in and pull the curtains open to let the light into my room. I loathe that moment. <laughs> and she would do this. She would go, she would start singing. She would pull the curtains open and say, so let the sun shine in, face it with a grin. Smilers never lose, and frowners never win. And I'd like, I don't want to be a winner today. I want sleep. <laughs> the Bible says in Philippians 4:4, 4, 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And I again say, rejoice. I like it because Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And there's an always there. That means there's always a reason to be full of joy. It's because of what Christ did for you. It's not based upon what happened to you yesterday or this morning. And I mean, guys, this right here is encouragement for everyone. Just be joyful because frowners never win. (laughs) My mom's going to die when she hears this podcast episode. Next mom, mom quote is this. Is, Harshness brings hurt, but gentleness brings gain. My mom was always gentle. And raising four sons, I mean, she had to continually be stretched to keep gentleness in the home because, you know, it was kind of crazy sometimes. But, but, but her wisdom was to forsake harshness because it hurts. Instead, gentleness bring gain, brings gain. And, and Paul puts it this way. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all, and the Lord is near. See, so it's more than just a state of mind, but an attitude that results in actions. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because God's right there with you. My mother, just like dad's mother, would constantly remind me, Jesus is watching, the Lord is near. Therefore, our actions matter. The next mom quote is this, is don't worry. Not don't worry, be happy. Because that doesn't work. It's don't worry, release it to God. See, mothers have plenty to worry about if they want to. But my mother would always encourage me to not worry, but to simply give it back to God. And, and, and like my own dad stated in this memoir, that's easier said than done sometimes, though. But there is a way to extinguish that worry, and, and it's, it's given to us by Paul in Philippians 4, verse 6. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It's interesting because there's actually a little formula there. He says, basically, don't do anxiety. Instead, take things to God in every situation, but you have to do it with thanksgiving. It's, it's that spirit of gratitude. And gratitude actually is one of the most peace-giving actions we can have. So what is it that you can be grateful to God for regardless of your situation? You need to tell God. You need to even tell somebody else and watch your own anxiety start to dissolve, and that can happen today. 
Another quick mom quote is this, is let God's peace surround you. See, God's peace, it's actually supernatural in its origin. It's not a peace that we conjure up within ourselves. Mom, mom would even come and speak peace into a lot of tumultuous situations. And, and I, I watched her keep peace amongst us boys so many times when I was ready to lose it, but I knew I would lose in a battle with my boys any day because they would just tackle my brothers and because they could tackle me and overtake me. But mom knew, like we all know, that peace is actually the protector of our minds and emotions. Moms know that. Like Paul said, he says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, mom would always be reminding me that from my thoughts come my actions. So she'd always let me know that I could win the battle over poor actions by implementing what I would just call thought control. She wouldn't call it that, but basically mom was just Say, control your thoughts. Don't allow your mind to wander, thinking the worst or believing the worst or seeing the world through a filter of pessimism and, and, and observing life through the lens of negativity. Control your thoughts, son. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. And you control your thoughts by insisting upon positive thinking material. Paul says it right. He said, whatever is true, what's noble, whatever's right and Whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, then think about those types of things. In fact, there's a little link on our citylifecenter.org site that gives anyone who visits it the opportunity to say, I'm grateful for, and then they write out what they're grateful for. And today I've, I've put these little cards. I didn't do it, but some people did it, but... I asked that some cards be put on your seats, and I'd like for you to pull those out. It's called gratitude cards. I want everyone of you to grab, grab a gratitude card and grab a pen, because I'm going to ask us to do something, something very different as we close today's message. You may have filled one of these out before, but really we should be filling these out a couple times a day to keep ourselves healthy. I just want you to write on there what you're grateful for. Hey, I want you, and, and, and listen, I want to read to you just three of them that have been recently submitted. Here's one that says, I'm grateful to God that depression no longer has a hold on me. Another says, I'm grateful to God that I'm four years cancer-free and I finally have a church home and I'm no longer a slave to depression. Wow, threefold gratitude. Another says, I'm grateful to God that I was healed from heavy, life-afflicting allergens to foods. Would you just write, I'm grateful to God that, and finish that sentence. Everyone, please do that now. Because this is part of mom's own therapy. I, I want everyone to join in. Nobody miss out. If for some reason you didn't get a card, lift your hand, because an usher will be glad to get one to you. And the ushers are going to be picking these up in just a second. But I want you to go ahead and fill these out. While you're filling these out, the worship team is just going to start singing this song of gratitude toward Jesus. Go ahead and sing, you guys.